Hi, I'm Jason Wachab, founder and CEO of MindBuddyGreen, the best-selling author of Wealth, and your host for the MindBuddyGreen podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review, comment, and share with your friends and family. And don't forget to visit us at MindBuddyGreen.com for your daily dose of wellness. Thanks, and enjoy the podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome Lauren Singer to the Mind Body Green podcast. Lauren popularized the zero waste movement by documenting her zero waste lifestyle in New York City on her blog, Trashes for Tossers. She is the founder of Package Free, a zero waste shop online and in New York City, and of the Simply Co., an organic vegan laundry detergent company. Back in 2014, she wrote an article for Mind Body Green that went viral, detailing the first two years on her zero waste journey. Now, with seven years under her belt, she's even more adept and innovative in her zero-waste ways. At the time, I could not believe, over the span of two years, the amount of trash she had produced could fit inside a 16-ounce mason jar. It is inspiring to hear what led her to the decision to make all her own packaged products, buy secondhand clothing, and downsize her belongings. But the transition did not happen overnight. Today, she tells us more about how eliminating waste from her life has helped her save money, eat healthier, and lead a happier life. Lauren Singer, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So I'd love to start a little bit about your journey and passion around creating less waste. How did this passion all start? Sure. Um, It started now, I guess, over six years ago, transitioning to zero waste, but before I even thought about zero waste as a concept, I was studying environmental science at NYU. And I was really passionate about the environment, always talked about it, uh, was really involved in the anti-fracking movement, was going to DC to protest and lobby and had my own student group and everything. And I realized my senior year of college actually that there was a huge disconnect between the things that I really cared about and the way that I lived my life that I inherently wasn't living my values there was a girl in one of my classes who was also a senior in environmental studies who would bring this big plastic bag with a plastic clamshell full of food and a plastic fork and knife and bag of chips and throw everything out after she ate it and I just thought it was really weird that someone who cared about the environment would make so much trash um And I would judge her a lot. And I realized one night through going home and looking at my own house that I had just as much plastic as she did. And I had been super judgmental um, towards someone who whose actions were very much uh, paralleled to mine. And I realized that I couldn't just talk about sustainability anymore. I had to actually embody my values and live my values. And so that was, yeah, almost six years ago where I first realized that I had to decrease the amount of plastic that I was using because you can't fight against the oil industry but actively subsidize them every single day through your purchasing habits and for me it was like all of my food was packaged in plastic my kitchen utensils and everything were made of plastic my beauty products were packaged in and a lot were made of plastic and had microbeads my cleaning products my clothing because most fast fashion is uh produced using synthetic fibers so really like every every ounce of my home was inundated with plastic with this industry that I was fighting every single day Um, so it started with plastic and then I realized that very quickly I couldn't just buy my way out of plastic at the time Um, there were no alternatives really available to just like you couldn't walk into a pharmacy and buy plastic free anything (laughs) Um, so I, I quickly had to learn how to 
improvise and that meant for me learning how to make my own products um so I started making my own toothpaste and my own deodorant and um from there what's in your toothpaste baking soda coconut oil uh stevia and then peppermint oil Mm -hmm, Um, it's really simple Mm -hmm. so from there I learned about the concept of zero waste and for me at, at first I thought that like removing plastic from my life was the only thing that I could really do to align my values with with what I cared about and what how I was living and then when I learned about zero waste I was like whoa so what does that actually mean well for me zero waste means something different for everyone yeah. um but but really like what was so exciting to me about learning about zero waste was that more so like what zero waste means from a practicality standpoint I think it's more what it symbolizes which is my power as an individual to have control over my life in a world that tells us that the world around us has to be the world that you live in. And zero waste kind of gave me the ability to understand that I could actually impact the world around me through my choices. And in fact, that my choices every day do impact the world around me in either a positive or a negative way. For sure. And I have the ability to do something about that um, and take responsibility for that. So for me, first and foremost, zero waste was just a way for me to become more aware of my choices and understand that I could actually do a lot of harm if I don't take control of the way that I'm living. And so for me, what zero waste means is not sending anything to landfill. Okay. Um, I do compost and I recycle, but minimally as it's really water and energy intensive. And walk us through, you know, place where I think a lot of people generate a lot of trash, like going grocery shopping, whatever that means. I know you live in Williamsburg, whether that's your bodega or Whole Foods. Like, how do you navigate that tricky situation? super different. For me, one of the first things that I'll suggest to people is to just look in their garbage can and see what they're throwing away because your trash and my trash might be very different. Yes. Um, I have lots of diapers in it. I have no diapers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't secretly have a baby somewhere. (laughs) Well, kind of a dog. I realized that most of my f- my trash was food waste. So through identifying that, I learned about composting, which is something that I had known about, but I didn't actually know how easy it was to do in New York City. And then once I- Things identif- you never hear, something's yeah. easy to do in New York City. I feel like so much is easy to do, but it's just having the ability to do a little bit of legwork and find- the, the alternative. So when I learned about composting and I started composting, it was a huge amount of trash that I um, had diverted from landfill. And actually through that process, one, I got a workout because I had to bring my compost to the farmer's market every week. And then two, I learned how to shop at a farmer's market, which I had never done in my entire life because I wasn't raised in a way that facilitated you know sustainability in, in any way at all, really. Um, so through learning how to compost, it opened my world kind of to the potential of a farmer's market, which is how I learned how to, you know, shop for my groceries more sustainably and actually like redefine what grocery shopping meant. Yeah. So how much has this movement grown since you started six years ago? So to put it into perspective, the environmental studies program at NYU was like tiny, like you could go in an elevator pretty much with like anyone that was in the program, you would all fit. Um, When I graduated, there were kind of two options for career paths. Um, Option A was government 
and option B was nonprofit. And those that was kind of what sustainability meant and like right. what it was. Like that's the only way that you could have an impact on sustainability was if you chose one of those two paths. And um, sustainable business wasn't even really a thing. I think like the one person doing sustainable business, uh, like Jeffrey Hollander, who started Seventh Generation, sure. was my professor. Oh, cool. And so like that's how small the world was. Yeah. Um, now the spectrum of sustainable businesses and people starting sustainable initiatives and apps and small business and you know media companies and all these things centered around sustainability like six in six years like it has been an explosion um zero waste wasn't even in the conversation when i started like that word never came up once in school when i feel like all of these related cousins to the movement like minimalism is mm-hmm. something that you know you hear so much more yep. about or tiny homes and people being cognizant of their none footprints. of those words existed when i was in college <laughs> learning about sustainability it was about everything was still rooted in sociology there were no individualistic movements to take responsibility for our state of the world and i think that is really what has emerged in the past six years. It's realizing that, you know, Obama didn't save us. Donald Trump certainly isn't going to save us. And that really no one besides ourselves can change, ourselves can change the the state of the world. It's the world is made up of our collective actions as individuals. And until we take responsibility for those actions, nothing's going to change and nothing certainly will get better. So talk to me a little bit about your store and the mission of what you're doing. So like I had mentioned, I could not buy my way out of plastic at all when I first started living this lifestyle. So that meant making a lot of products, um, you know, not having a lot of things, you know, living a much more shrunken down version of my regular life because sustainable businesses weren't really in the forefront. They certainly weren't available places. Um, But over the past six years, I've started to meet a lot of individuals who saw problems in the world pertaining to certain aspects of waste, and they started businesses to solve those problems, whether it's you know, um, from toothbrushes to cleaning products to uh, grocery shopping products. Like There are so many people that were passionate that started single product companies. The problem was is that single product companies are very hard to scale because yep. to get returning customers to buy one thing is hard and so your yeah your your marketing needs to be like 100 percent spot on um so these companies were having a hard time kind of growing and scaling and getting their word the word about them out there also like marketing for a lot of them was geared more towards like this traditionally sustainable ethos and and imagery and voice and these brands like all all their products were amazing and so what i really wanted to do with package free shop is two things. One, I wanted to take all of these individuals whose products are badass and solving real problems if you actually implement them into your routine, um, I wanted to bring them together and amplify their voice and funnel a target customer to them so they can go and not only buy just a toothbrush, but they could buy a toothbrush and a toilet brush and you know their face soap and their shopping bags all in yep. one place to kind of bring a more like regular collective customer and then on the other side from the individual perspective i just wanted to make it easy and more convenient for people to find the products that they need to reduce their waste so really everything from lunch products to beauty products to you know outdoors products pet products baby i wanted to destigmatize um sustainability and kind of remove the preconception that it's hard and inaccessible from like um a location standpoint. So we yeah. ship internationally to allow for anyone who wants to get the tools to reduce their waste um, to, to be able to. 
And is it all third-party brands you carry, or do you have any private label right we, now? We make a couple of products, um, private label, a few things. And right now, though, it's mostly just other brands that we bring in. So we're a reseller. And that's really exciting because we can tell the stories of all these brands, have great relationships with them, and really work intimately with them to help them grow and scale their businesses. So what's different from like package free shop compared to an Amazon? Because some of these companies that we sell actually do sell through Amazon, do sell through other um, larger scale retail channels. But we set a foundational agreement that says you cannot ship to us using any plastic Hmm. um, and in any part of your product. So you can't use plastic tape. You can't use bubble wrap. You can't, you know, use plastic packaging on your product, um, even though they might use it for another brand. And so if you're ordering from us, you can rest assured that your product will be 100 percent plastic free and that we're actively working with all of our vendors to change the way that they're producing all of their products. So many of the vendors that we've actually started working with have changed their packaging, changed their products because of the feedback that we've given. And as we continue to grow and scale, people are trying to tailor their products to get into our shop, which is really exciting because I want to redefine what a sustainable product means. Very cool. And I'm sure that same thoughtfulness carries through on how you ship to the customer. Totally. Everything is 100% plastic free. Um, All of our boxes are post-consumer. We don't use any kind of dunnage, meaning like paper unless it's a glass item that really needs it but if we do use paper it's upcycled from the shipments that we receive from our vendors um shipping labels shipping labels 100 post-consumer cool. um plastic free and recycled and so everything that gets to you is completely compostable and recyclable in any municipal recycling facility very cool so i'm sure something you hear a lot of um is i don't have time or mm-hmm. i'm too busy What's your answer and response? I was on the phone with my mom today. <laughs> and she was like, there's always time. Um, I like that. I She said that to me my entire life. And I, I hold it pretty dear. Because if you want something bad enough, you will find the time to yep. make it happen. But that being said, you know, zero waste isn't for everyone. And I would never suggest that everyone in the world try to reduce their trash. But I am a firm believer in that everyone can do at least one little thing to reduce their impact and also like we're making choices every day um and if we just swap one choice for another it doesn't have to mean extending or expending excess time it just means like making different choices and so your your time spent can be equal you know pre and post waste reduction um so it's just educating yourself about the choices so for me i've i've learned through reducing my waste that actually i save time I save a lot of time. I'm sure a lot of money too. Like so much money, so much money, so much time because of simple things like learning how to be more prepared, making a grocery shopping list, um, saying no to a lot of things. I ask myself all the time, you know, do I actually need this? Does this make me feel happy? Does this make me feel sexy, beautiful, good? Am I excited about this? If the answer is no, like I won't go shopping, (laughs) you know? Um, So a lot of the things that I would fill my time doing, like watching TV or shopping online, um, these kind of space fillers that a lot of us do have been eliminated from my life and being prepared has also like taken out impulse because impulse is very time consuming. Yeah. Doing things on the fly when you're not prepared is stressful. It is time consuming. So there's that. And then also through making a lot of my own products, I actually save a lot of time through doing that. Um, the amount of time that it would take me to like get my butt out of my apartment 
and walk to the store and buy right. like a sustainable toothpaste. Um, it It's so much more than the 30 seconds that it makes for me to whip it up in my apartment. And why you say that zero waste isn't for everyone, but we can all do more to reduce our impact. Like what are some easy things that have a really great ROI of someone's like, I'm not ready to take the plunge? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on who you are, what your routine is, what you care about, um, and what's accessible to you where you live. So I always like to suggest no cost things mm -hmm. first because everyone can do something without you know, spending money for the most part. And that would be, you know, saying no to a single use plastic bag at a store. That's, yep. a, that's like a really easy one. Yep. Um, saying no to single use plastic straws at a restaurant or bar. Um, for most people, that is a very simple thing to do and a really easy way to remove plastic straws from landfill because they're, they're not recycled. They just go right to landfill. You know, simple things like bringing your own napkin around with you that you can use instead of paper napkins, bringing your own mm. reusable silverware, because if you have silverware in your house, maybe you just like take a fork along with you um, yep. and put it in your bag. That's that's really simple. And all of those single use, like everyday items that we encounter, plastic bags, straws, single use utensils, for the most part, they end up in landfill. So if we can premeditate just those few things, that, that actually does have a big impact. Um, the next level would be like trying to make your own products or composting, which I think like it would be a dream if everyone in the world can compost because imagine we take all this, all these nutrients out of the soil and we don't replace them through creating compost, which is super nutrient dense. We have to use synthetic fertilizer. So if people composted, it would be like a huge thank you. Right. Um, let's see, and using things like just reusable bags and simple, like the simple things we all talk about are really the, I mean, it's the easiest and the quickest way to actually reduce your waste. So you brought up straws, mm -hmm. and it was so cool to watch the stop sucking movement take mm -hmm. over Instagram just a few months ago. And you know, it was great to see large companies like Starbucks and among many others taking really quick action. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that went so viral? Us, the power of celebrity. I mean, um, Lonely Will did a fantastic job. Organizations like Oceana did a fantastic job to spread the word um, five gyres about plastic pollution and uh, specifically straws were a great vehicle um, for spreading that message because of the terribly sad video about the turtle with mm -hmm. the straw. Um, and it just is, it's like the power of celebrity and celebrity voice to kind of propagate these narratives. And I think not using straws makes a lot of sense. It's simple. Um, the impact is very tangible. Yeah. Uh, but I think, you know, my my dream is, is that it's not just, you know, first is that like more celebrities take action to talk about sustainability, but two, that like people who do talk about sustainability can gain some uh, semblance of, of celebrity, right? Yeah. Because I think the new celebrity will be the people that actually try to look at the world, see things that they don't like and do something about it, as opposed to people that just are. So you talked about impact and, and you know, there, there's that emotional impact that I think drives people to action. You mentioned the turtle video, mm. um, but I think people also just want to know that if um, they do things that could be perceived as sacrifices that is going to have an impact. How can you help people understand the impact of less waste and zero waste on climate change? Well, before I even answer that, I would say for me, I think what enabled me to reduce my waste in the amount that I did was because I never 
thought about anything in through the lens of like sacrifice. Yep. Um, you're you're sacrificing things by making trash. You're sacrificing the health of the planet by making trash by yep. by living a not sustainable lifestyle. So actually, like I think that narrative <laughs> should be switched. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have a dog. <laughs> um, so. Once we start looking about not sustainability as the yeah. sacrifice, but the non-sustainability as the sacrifice, um, sure. first of all. So for me, reducing my waste, I thought of every step that I took as a game, like a positive thing. And yeah. every change that I made was something that I would win. You know, it was it was exciting and positive. And if there was a day that I didn't do, you know, as well as I wanted as far as like preventing waste from going to landfill it wasn't like oh i i i lost i suck it was like no okay i'll do better tomorrow because this is something that i'm trying to do to have a more positive impact it's not a sacrifice at all the sacrifice is doing nothing so just thinking about things in a more positive way enables us all to do something and it's never a sacrifice to do something that has a positive impact on the world but are we able to understand the impact to climate change of zero waste or less waste for sure so I'll break this question down in a few ways. And first, I will start by just talking about climate change. And I think understanding impact means understanding the system that you're impacting. And climate change is really um, a large narrative. And people focus on carbon dioxide as as the, the gas that um, really drives it. But what I like to focus on more is methane, because methane is a lot more potent over a 100 year time frame than carbon dioxide. And its effects on climate change are within the time frame that scientists estimate that the catastrophic effects of climate change will occur. So the three main drivers of anthropogenic or you know human driven methane emissions are um, natural gas, so fracking, uh, large scale animal agriculture, and landfills. Um, so what happens in a landfill, which most people don't know, is that landfills aren't just like trash in a pile and then it like breaks down and turns into soil. Actually, what happens in landfills is something called anaerobic digestion, which is digestion without the presence of oxygen. Because everything that goes into a landfill is like squeezed so tight in there um, <laughs> that nothing actually breaks down. It releases methane gas through this anaerobic digestion. So so that's where it comes from. Some of it is flared off, but but there is methane that does escape. The other reason that landfills are, are bad is because um, there's this thing, it's, um, it says that all landfills leach and um, the pharmaceuticals and toxins that are in mm-hmm. landfills actually make their way, they permeate through the like plastic layer in the bottom of most landfills, um, if they have them, hopefully. Um, and it finds, those toxins find their way into our water systems um, and our aquifers, which once tainted, you can't untaint. Um, so so those are kind of the two biggest reasons that making trash is bad, methane and leaching toxins into our waterways. Um, so like right from there, not making trash has a really positive impact on climate change. And no, if you throw an apple into a landfill, it will not biodegrade. So um, that's a common misconception. So biodegradable plastics and biodegradable foods um, will not break down in a landfill. So do not throw those in the trash. Um, so so I think that the understanding the impact of uh, waste is more than just like understanding, okay, if I don't use a straw, it saves this many straws. Um, it's, it's also understanding why those choices matter. And it really is because landfills create methane and methane drives climate change. Landfills leach toxins and toxins poison our waterways. Um, so 
that's like the the most zoomed out umbrella view and from a tangible like single choice perspective i mean by not using single use plastics you're not um empowering the oil and gas industry which is a huge huge driver of climate change and environmental destruction so one simple change to even if you don't go zero waste just say no to single use plastics you can have a really positive impact so you brought up agriculture does mm-hmm. how you eat reflect you know your personal values as it relates to trash For sure <laughs> i mean what i like to focus on when i talk about zero waste is obviously um trash because it's a very tangible thing but of course um the range of things that i try to do to reduce my negative environmental yeah. impact um are more broad so food is a huge one of course um not eating meat is an amazing way to reduce your impact on the environment reduce your methane emissions for me there's the obvious parameter of not eating um food that comes packaged at all um removing that parameter from the way that i shop has been an amazing way to not just have a better environmental impact but also to um eat a lot healthier. Yeah. Most things when you go into a grocery store that are packaged aren't really even food, they're food products. So they're processed, they have preservatives, they're, you know, they have added sugar. By removing that as like one of the things that I buy when I go grocery shopping, I realize that all I'm eating really is fruit, vegetables, um bulk grains and dried fruit and I eat real food now, um which not only is better for my health, but it's actually less expensive. And so when I started shopping only for these real foods, I realized that like my grocery bill weekly went from like $180 a week to like $40 or $50 a week for a single person. <laughs> and um I was definitely buying like luxury like junk food, you yeah. know. Um but I realized that I actually don't need any of that stuff. So a lot of the things that I thought I need from a food perspective, I actually I didn't. And so that was the first thing and I of course try to think about not just like is this healthy or not healthy but who am i impacting by making these food choices so um when it comes to eating food i choose to eat organic because in new york city it's um really easy to find and my farmers market uh, yep. offers organic local produce um i also only choose to support restaurants that have ethical and sustainable values that source from local farmers that you know produce in house that don't use um you know kind of generic ingredients. Um so through supporting people like that you're hel- you're helping to support the larger and more broad sustainable, you know, system. Yeah. Um so th- those are kind of the the high level ways that I focus on food and then when it comes to other aspects of sustainability, you know, people ask me all the time about, okay, but but what about travel or what about yeah. um like greenhouse gas emissions, which is different from zero waste cuz zero waste focuses on landfill and travel focuses on carbon dioxide, but Um I try to quantify my impact not just on like the tangible emissions that are, you know, that happen when I travel or fly. It's um, you know, planes are going to fly whether I'm on them or not. Not taking a lot of private jets. <laughs> I wouldn't you could not pay me enough to get on a private jet because I'm scared of flying. <laughs> um but really, you know, outside of the impact that the the emissions are having from, you know, an airplane, what is the impact that I'm having as an individual on the community that I'm traveling to to help to empower and inspire more positive environmental change. So is the impact that this flight will have worth the potential positive impact that 
I can have where I'm going. And that's kind of how I think about the choices that I make. That must cut down on a lot of gratuitous travel. Totally. And I, I mean, running a business and you know, trying to maintain a personal life. Um, I don't really have gratuitous anything. (laughs) I really love to ask myself the question, like, is this important? Is this necessary? Is the negative impact of this choice worth it? Um, You know, and it's as simple as like, do I want these chips? Um, No, because a bag being in the world forever is not worth my five second satisfaction and like the way that I'll hate myself after eating them, you know? Um, So... It, it seems like a complicated and almost hard question to ask, but once you put your actions, at least for me, through that filter, I realized that there's a lot that I was doing before that actually made me unhappy, that through like adopting zero waste and not doing anymore, I've really improved the quality of my life in addition to reducing the amount of waste that I produce. And And going back to diet, do you eat a vegetarian diet or are you open to conscious meat selections too? So I was a vegetarian for six years and vegan for a certain part of that as well. I had a boyfriend who had killed his own animals and that kind of led me to think more about the animal agriculture system. When I was at NYU, we took a food animals in the environment course and I like to be a realist in the way that I live my life and what it comes down to is that people are going to eat meat pretty much forever. Like, people are going to eat meat. And in not meat eating meat, am I doing more harm by not subsidizing people that are actually raising animals in an ethical and sustainable way and helping to promote safe farming and talk about it? By not supporting them, am I supporting the opposite, which is right. large-scale animal agriculture? Um, and so that led me to think about, okay, who do I want to impact? In my ideal world, I would never touch an animal for food. Um, I have dreams about, you know, what it, how terrible it is. And um, for me, I choose to support animal agriculture that aligns with a more sustainable future because, like I said, people are going to eat animals, but if they are, what type of animals should they be eating? It's animals that are raised more ethically in a more environmentally sustainable way that aren't given antibiotics and that's what I would like to support and promote but again in my ideal world nobody would eat meat and do you think zero waste is attainable for an average person what is average um that's a that's a even even tougher question but you know just someone you know who has a job is working 9 to 5 supporting a family i mean um, i am a 27 year old pretty lazy person like and i run a company and i have a social life are you sure you're lazy and i have a dog yeah but i am so lazy like it's it's crazy like the hardest thing in my life is like my actual life zero waste is not hard zero waste is really easy zero waste actually like improved my life tremendously by teaching me how to be more organized, more prepared, um, consume less, consume smarter, uh, save money, become more organized. Like everything that has to do with zero waste made me a better individual and, and didn't result in me sacrificing anything. It taught me how to be a more put together human being when I come from this like chaotic, you know, foundation. I'm like a very entropic person. I'm like kind of all over the place, but through zero waste and through kind of approaching my life through this lens, I've learned to become a lot more organized and have a lot more just understanding of, of how I want to live. And 
And I think so even if you don't care about the environment, zero waste is a really awesome way to just like get your shit together because <laughs> it was for me. And so I don't think that everyone, like I said, I don't think everyone should go zero waste, but I do think that through making conscious choices, I was surprised at how much my life improved. What keeps you up at night? What are you worried about? Um, I'm pretty tired after my day. <laughs> um, so now I'm just like <laughs> worried about what my puppy eats on the ground because um, she eats a lot of trash. And what are, what are you excited about that gets you fired up to start every day? I am excited to run Package Free Shop. I'm excited that I found a way to align the way that I spend my time with the way that I want the world to look. I hope that more people can feel compelled and inspired to align what they do with their time with how they want the world to be. I think we're all incredibly powerful people and I think we forget that. I certainly forget that. But when you take control of that narrative and you understand that like my choices impact the world and that impact can either be positive or negative, what is it going to be? And once you accept that question, um, then you can have the ability to answer it and understand that your choices will make the world shift in one direction or another. And if we all choose to shift our lives in a little bit of a different way towards maybe a more sustainable future, a more ethical, socially ethical future, um, we will shift the way the world works. But it all starts with what am I doing every single day to make the world better? And what advice would you give to your younger self? None. I wouldn't give myself any advice. I would take my mother's advice. And really what she helped me to understand was that there's nothing in life that's permanent except for death. Um, so do the things that make you feel happy and alive and inspired. And, you know, you, you can always quit. And so for me, when I felt the safety in pursuing things that make me happy, step one and step two understood the things that make me happy, which is helping to promote sustainability, then I realized I could connect the two and live a life that makes me feel like awesome all the time. Thanks so much for joining us yeah. today, Lauren.